other episode. Gas Network presents sports for the culture. I'm here with the family. Price XXV, double I. Rome. Simolo. Bro, flying. T Buggy, man. Just the greatest sports show on the planet. La Familia. Hope y'all ready for a ride. Can't wait to hear what you guys got to say. What's good? What's popping? What's up, everybody that's tuning in? We out here a whole hour early. No, it's not daylight savings time. It's just season two time. Because time we are. It's 9.30. That means we live. Gas and sports for culture. Live in the building. I'm here with the gang. Live familiar. I know what time it is. Let me go ahead and introduce the fellas. Before we introduce the fellas, let me introduce myself. My name is Scruff Lion. Y'all know what time it is. Good ass sports. Y'all know what time we on, man. We on that gas. Gas, gas time. So let me go ahead and introduce the gang. Top right, introduce yourself. At Bryce XXV double I, aka Mr. Big Leaguer, aka season two is upon us. Run with it or run from it. Let's get it. <clears throat> Deuces up, man. Season two, man. That means you've been rocking with us for 52 whole weeks in a row. And if you made it to week 53, we got a special, special, special situation for you uh bottom left go ahead and introduce yourself it's your boy d Milo, and welcome welcome to season two folks and we're gonna give you guys a little bit more of fantasy g corner later on during the football season so <laughs> that just hold your hold it together yeah hold it together try try to maintain your composure the fantasy corner will be back in full effect and all types of crazy shit all right last but not least bottom right you know what it is. It's your boy, Young Rome 22. Uh, it's been a year, man. Thanks for rocking with us. If, you, if you've been here the whole time, if you're new, hit that follow button. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Hit us up. Get you some gas merch. We got all kinds of colors, hats, wristbands, everything. But we're we going to have a great show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to have a great season once again. Y'all just heard an exclusive G's Fantasy Corner is coming back, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, let's get into what we got tonight because we got a good show tonight. I don't know yes, about y'all. I, I don't want no parts of G's fantasy corner, man. Leave me out of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I ain't scared for the people. I ain't scared, man. I ain't scared, man. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta expand your horizons, man. We in the age of Aquarius. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you gotta open your mind. But uh you know, open your mind up, man. We're gonna open up the show. We're gonna get into uh what's on my mind right now, which is the NBA, man. I was feeling NBA deprived, man, and this NBA Season is pretty much coming to a culmination. Obviously, we got the NFL draft coming up next. And don't worry, we got something special for y'all coming up real soon. Mock draft. Y'all know what time it is. Mock draft 2.0, round two, round one, rather. We're gonna hit y'all with that tomorrow. So just heads up tomorrow. You're gonna see a you're gonna see a live mock draft. But for now, let's dive into the NBA first. First and foremost, when we talk about the uh, NBA, we gotta talk about the Nets. Nets have been the hottest team in the league. You know, right now they are holding the number one seed down for the Eastern Conference. And James Harden is injured. He's going to be injured for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, so my question in regards to the Nets is, are you concerned about James Harden and his injury? And how does that affect the team going into the playoffs? Gee, I'm going to start with you. Well, I'm going to say it makes the East a little bit more competitive now. Now there's two stars instead of the three that we, we wanted to see. And it's a big concern because, in my personal opinion, I think it's James Harden and KD, the duo that scares me the most, and KD and Kyrie. 
that, that dude is it, it, intimidating, but not as much as James Harden. The way that he's been playing the point guard position, which most people wouldn't give him a point guard title. I personally do. I think he's the point guard. And right now he's balling all out, all crazy. The fact that he, he deferred from being a, just a shooting guard. Like, we all thought it would have been Kyrie show to be the, the point guard. But nah, James Harden took that role and he flourished. Damn near is in the MVP talk this year. And then it's unfortunate that now that he's hurt, I personally want to see him back because I do want to see that that big tree go against LeBron James and AD. But as of right now, if no James Harden for the foreseeable future, I just the East is going to be very competitive. Now we're talking about Giannis and the Bucks. Can they get out? And do we give the Sixers credit? Like, can they be that next one in the team? Do we finally give Nick his roses to <laughs> stick his chest up behind? High and mighty. <laughs> but that's, so then, I, right now, it's just like the Nets are literally still, they're still the number one team. They're still going to be my favorite team to come out the East just because it's KD, man. That's a bad man right there. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could definitely, they could say it, they could be the favorites, but it's definitely a wide open race. Uh, things definitely more open, I would say. I agree with you, G. But the Bucks, man, stampeding in as they will to handle the Sixers two L's. Obviously, it was a depleted Sixers squad with hella injuries, but, you know, it is what it is, man. The standings are what the standings are. Now, um, Bryce, what do you think about James Harden and uh, the injury? Are you concerned? To be honest, I'm not too concerned. I think that if I was a Nets fan, I may be a little bit concerned. But just as watching the NBA landscape, I can't be too concerned because I look at it like this. The Nets have been missing one of their stars for the past how many months now? They haven't had three guys on the same page consistently for a minute. And uh, even with that, being down in the standings after the All-Star break, they came back and they hawked the Sixers for the number one spot. And that was just mixed matching two stars at a time, right? So, I mean, I'm not too concerned. I do believe that James Harden will be back for the playoffs. I feel like they probably get through the first round easily without him probably get through the second round. As long as they got two of their stars, they're going to, you'll see them in the conference finals at least. Uh, and even if they just had two of their stars, they would still be my favorite uh, to win, to, to win the, conference, the conference finals in the East. I mean, even if it's just KD and, uh, and Kyrie, even if it's just James and KD, even if it's just James and Kyrie, I mean, even if it's just Harden and Kyrie, like I'm still picking the Nets when it comes to that matchup because I think that firepower is a little too much to deal with. When you got two guys of that of that caliber, uh, two guys that can get buckets at that level. I mean, you put all three of them together, I think they're a shoe-in for the finals. But you never know what could happen, especially since because right now I do feel like um, the NBA is closer in talent than it's ever been. I feel like, you know, they always say any given Sunday in football. I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that in the NBA, especially with the new rules that have been implemented as far as the uh, playing tournament goes and stuff like that. I think it's adding, to, and adding a different element. I think we saw it last year with the Heat. We saw a team nobody expected to make the, the finals, saw them make that appearance. I think we can see something similar this year, but I don't think it's going to be on the Eastern side of things. I don't think it's going to be coming from the Eastern Conference. I still think the Eastern Conference, the Nets are my favorite. Harden's injury doesn't concern me that much. If I was a Nets fan, I might feel a little different. I probably want that security, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned. I still think the Nets are going are gonna to go where they were supposed to. Still sipping the Kool-Aid on the Nets, Bryce. Okay, we're going to check back on you in about a month. Um, but I don't know. I still think the, the East is wide open. We shall see. It's really, I, I, I'm glad I'm the host. I'm not going to get into it because it could really go any which way as how I see it right now. Rome, what's your take on the East right now? 
Man, the uh, James Harden injury for me means the East is definitely open. I think it's a big concern. They're saying it's a hamstring injury. Those can definitely linger. They're saying that he had a setback, I believe, today or yesterday uh, in some on-court work. So that's already a bad sign. Um, it's a concern, but it's not a major concern for the simple fact of what Bryce was kind of highlighting. I think they're good with KD and Kyrie. I think uh, any any combination of KD and Harden, KD and whoever really is probably going to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals at the very least. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they'll be up, up against Bron Bron and them boys uh, either way as long as KD is healthy. But if they get James Harden, man, then then I think they might just be the favorites in the whole thing. But uh, <clears throat> we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Much is to be determined. We are looking at the final stretch of the NBA season. Uh, as y'all know, there's less than 15 games left in the regular season. If y'all checked out the power rankings, y'all see I'm pretty much down to the, to the home stretch. Feel me? It's going to be my final power rankings before I drop the final power rankings of the season. At that point, it's really just a playoff, so it is what it is. But, you know, you can see where where teams is at, you know what I'm saying? And it's real interesting, man, real interesting uh, landscape right now in the East. Uh, one other team that definitely, I think, deserves some credit, uh, if we're talking about the Eastern Conference. Gee, you already know what team I'm going to talk about. We We're we going to do like a – I don't know if it's a buyer or sell, but really, I want to talk about the Knicks, man. We got to give some credit to the Knicks. I had spoke on the Knicks a few – I had spoke on the Knicks a few weeks back, a number of weeks back, actually, uh, in a buyer or sell comment. And, you know, just like the stock market – well, not really the stock market, but just like the market because, you know what I'm saying, I, you know, y'all know I love the cryptocurrency. Just like the market. I bought low on the Knicks earlier this season. I was confident. Not only did I buy – the Knicks earlier this season on the buy and sell, I bought it on the ground way before the show even. I before I even spoke about it on the show, I said the Knicks were going to be one of the best teams. We're all don't know because I was telling him. I said the Knicks were going to be good this year, and look at the Knicks. The Knicks is on the, one of the best runs of the season, one of the hottest teams in the league, and they're solid right now at the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. So I asked before, are the Knicks back? I think there's no question that they're back, but I will ask again. Are the Knicks legit? Are they back? I'm going to tell you, listen, man, shout out to my, I'm going to give a special shout out to my boy, Drew, man, because he's a friend of mine from work. The dude is a big Knicks fan. He's been pounding me and telling me, why don't we talk about the Knicks? He's like, yo, we're great. We're a legitimate team. We got nothing but, we're basically a bunch of good, Blue collar players that we work hard and we're and we're great at it right now. We just are missing a superstar. My thing is, I'm I'm mad because you know I'm seeing what I got to see with the Bulls with Tibbs, and I'm a little jealous, you know, because Tibbs is one of my top, my favorite coaches of all time, and he got these young these young players just playing hard, playing playing solid basketball, playing great defense. I believe like the rank second, right? Second, second in all defense, which is like you got to give Tibbs that much of a credit. And the way he has Julian Randle playing like an all-star, nonetheless, like none of us thought Julian Randle would be this much of a great player, let alone a, a score like what he's scoring. So I, I'm going uh, I'm to have to buy with the Knicks, man. Just a simple fact that, that I could uh, – oh, God, I can't believe I'm really about to say this. I could see him getting past the first round. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, 
I could see them getting past the first round too. Right now, based on the way the standings are looking, they would be slotted against a team like the Hawks or potentially the, the Celtics. Hawks, That's an easy first Hawks round matchup. But if it's the if it's the Boston Celtics, I only see them winning two games, and this is the best, at, and they're only going to win six games. It's going to be Boston wins in six. Okay, okay. With the, Hawks, with the, yes, Boston. With the pro- Boston wins in with, six. How, how many you giving the Hawks? How many games you give huh? them against the Hawks? I give the Hawks. I give them to. I, I give the Knicks and six. The Knicks and six. Yeah, the the Knicks and six. Boston and six, though. Yeah, Boston. Boston, I think is a team that is. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. But a Boston <laughs> team, I think, is lower seeded that could definitely pose a threat. Um, Bryce, what you think about the Knicks, man? Are they legit? <sighs> Hell nah. no. I, I ain't gonna do the Knicks like that. I ain't gonna do the Knicks like that, bro. I ain't gonna say they're not legit. You know, I mean, I like what they've done. I think bringing in Derrick Rose gave them that veteran presence that they sorely lack. Now that they got they got that. It, it's helped a ton. Tom Thibodeau got them boys playing defense. Uh, now when we talk about them matching up with the Hawks, them matching up with the Celtics, I feel like the Hawks are basically the offensive version of the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? What the Knicks are to defense, the Hawks are to offense. A young team that can get it done on one side of, one side of the court. Uh, I think Julius Randle been balling out of his mind. I mean, the dude is a legit All-NBA performer this year. I feel like if he gets snubbed from the All-NBA, they did him dirty. Uh, so, I mean, they, they definitely they definitely playing well. But I'm going to tell you one thing. The Knicks have either the fifth or sixth toughest remaining schedule, right? So the way they close out this season is going to tell me a lot. They 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 end the they end the season with Denver, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Hornets, and then the Boston Celtics. So those last seven seven games or so are going to tell me a lot about where the Knicks are headed. Uh, because yeah, right now what they're in the sixth seed or fifth seed. Uh, I'm sorry, fourth seed right now, right? So they're in the fourth seed right now, but that could easily become the sixth or seventh seed depending on how they how they close out the season. Uh, so I'll be keeping my eyes on their last seven games. It's going to tell me a ton about them. I have been impressed, no doubt. I feel like if you haven't been impressed by the Knicks, I mean, you're fooling yourself. Uh, I think it it really comes down to coaching. I don't think I think a, if you trade out coaches, they had a different coach. I don't think they're in this position right now. So shout out to Tom Thibodeau, uh, and definitely huge shout out to Julius Randle. Like I said, he's an All NBA performer in my eyes. Like, a, but at the same time, these last seven games, I mean, I think there's what 11 games remaining, but the last seven for the Knicks are going to tell me all I got to know about them. Okay, so we're gonna keep an eye on the Knicks on the on the, on the, on the quick, last seven. Quick question for all of us: Is Julius Randle the most improved player this year? I say so. I say I say so. Right? Can't think uh, of anybody else. Right? That's a snub if he doesn't win that award. Yeah, yeah. I think, but, he, I, think I think he deserves some love. Ron, what's your what's your take on the Knicks, man? A final take. Ah, it's hard for me to say that they're legit. We'd have to define legit. They've definitely been impressive, uh, better than I thought. Uh, Nick, I'd say you hit it on the ball uh, earlier this season, saying watch out for the Knicks. But uh, I, I don't want to trash them because I like a team that plays defense. Uh, but I, I need them to win it, win, win in the playoffs before I can say they're legit. I need them to win. I don't, I don't know if they beat the Hawks. I think that's a great uh, matchup. I think that that series might go seven. I'd love to see it. Uh, we might get to see it. So. Um, Time will tell. Bryce Bryce just said a, a lot about these these last seven games. That that will tell us a lot too. So I think it's still a legitimate question: Are the Knicks legit? But for the first time in a while, it's a legitimate question. <laughs> yeah, it is a legitimate question. The, the landscape of the league is changing. 
And uh, I, I just got to keep patting my own back today. So I'm going to keep patting my back. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about how uh, the big man, people told me that the big man was was the past the thing in the past that centers weren't important in today's modern NBA game. But here we are, and we're about to talk about the NBA MVP conversation. And I don't think it's possible to have this MVP conversation without talking about two centers. And the two centers that I see as the two leading candidates for MVP are Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. But I want to hear what y'all fellas got to say, and who would y'all put in the ring as an MVP favorite at this point now we're in the season, we're in the final stretch run. Rome, let me hear from you. What you what you think for MVP? Man, if I'm being honest, honest, I want to go uh, Steph Curry. But I understand his team doesn't have the wins. His MVP, they, they just don't have the wins. That's where, that's where my heart wants to go. My head, though, my head is telling me Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, has, his team has the wins, and he's been doing, doing it silently. I mean, he's never been the, the flashiest player. He's never been, like, the guy on the highlight reel. And I know Scruff probably has a little hate for Kawhi, if I remember correctly. But uh, I, I would give the MVP right now to Kawhi Leonard. I know, I know you want to give it to these big men, but it, it's not their league anymore. Uh, Kawhi is the man. I think the Clippers are still a threat, uh, mostly because of Kawhi. So he's my MVP right now. Yeah, but Steph is a close with... second. Steph is a close second. I mean, Steph is going off right now, as we all know. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard's the MVP, then, uh, you know, pretty much anything's possible, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> Bryce, what do you think about uh, the MVP situation? Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Don't, don't, wait, wait one second, buddy. I think Kawhi Leonard is a legitimate, has a legitimate case for MVP this season. Uh, Rome made a good point. I mean, Clippers have more wins than both the teams that you were talking about for MVP, more wins than the Sixers, more wins than the Nuggets. So I think, you know, it's that that's the type of award it is at the end of the day. It's the best player on the best team. It's been that way for a minute. And Kawhi Leonard has the Clippers position to possibly end the season with the best record. So I think there's a chance. Uh, with that said, I do think, you know, I'm going to go with the trend of the league. It's all it's usually best player on the best team unless somebody does something extraordinary, like the year Russ averaged a triple-double and had the, the Thunder, you know, headed towards the playoffs. So unless you're doing something extraordinary, it's the best player on the best team. And because of that, I see the Phoenix Suns possibly finish with the best record. And for that, I'm giving my MVP to Chris Paul. Uh, I think it's long overdue for Chris Paul to even be in conversation for this award. Uh, I mean, he's done everything you got you you can possibly do. Every award you can possibly get in the league, he's gotten, except MVP. The guy's been Rookie of the Year, been first-team All-NBA multiple times, 11-time All-Star. I mean, he's done it all. He's done it all. But he's never got that MVP trophy, mainly because he's never been on the best team at, you know, when, the, when the season's over. But if you look at the Suns last season, I think what they had around 36 wins to now being in, in, with a losing record, now being in position with 43 wins, and there's only 72 games in the season. If you don't give Chris Paul his flowers right now, you're crazy. Uh, every team he's gone to, if you look at his past three stops, they've been proven incrementally since he got there. I mean, we're talking about when he got to uh, the Rockets, right? James Harden had them boys balling already. Chris Paul gets there, what happens? They get better. 60-game season, 60-win season. Then he goes to the Thunder. Nobody expects the Thunder to do anything. What happens when he gets there? Takes a team of young boys and nobodies to the playoffs and has them looking like a legit threat to make some noise in that, in that playoffs. Simply amazing. Now he's, at the, now he's with the Suns, and guess what? All those empty stats, those quote-unquote empty stats Devin Booker was putting up, 
they mean something now, they mean a whole lot now because the Suns are prime position to finish with the first seed in the Western Conference, the better conference of the two in the NBA. Uh, my MVP for those reasons is Chris Paul. And I think if he doesn't get an MVP, I think this is his best shot to get one. I think I think they'll give him his flowers this year, and I think it's deservingly so, especially if the uh, Suns are able to finish number one in the West, which they have a, a great chance to do that. So we'll see how the season ends up. But if they do finish with that number one spot, you have to give that MVP to Chris Paul because he's changed not just the, the winning culture, but he's changed the overall culture of that team. He's made that team, he's taken that team from a team that was just guys that a couple guys that can score, a couple young guys that really couldn't put it together to a team now that knows how to win each and every game. So uh yeah, for that, for that, Chris Paul's my MVP this year. Okay, okay. I, I like the I like the respect for Chris Paul and the, the race. That's a name I haven't heard. But you are right, Bryce. They are within striking distance, only a few games back from the number one seed overall. So uh that's definitely something that's possible, man. So G, who is your candidate? Who are you going to put on your ballot for MVP? Well, my 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 number one guy right now is Damian Lillard. Like, like I can't believe nobody, none of you guys said to the man. The man had to play with half of his team in the in the first half of the NBA season, with a bunch of his starters out because of COVID or hand, or like an injury with McCollins, CJ McCollins when he got hurt. Damian took that team and carried it to the back prior to the. To the All Star games, what the uh, Blazers were like the top four, te- the top four seed, right? If I'm not mistaken, and like, come on, I mean, the game is, is now like you know it's moving ahead now, but now, nah, man, Damian Lillard is my number one pick. The dude's been amazing all year long, and it's, it's just he plays in the West in a harder and a harder conference. Nonetheless, he has to go against LeBron James and players just like that, and he still has to still manage the. To be in the playoffs this year when a bunch of us in the beginning didn't even think the Portland was gonna make the playoffs. Now look at them now. Still has a fighting chance. And I just can't see I can't see Chris Paul because it's like it's the Suns though. Like it's the Suns. Like I don't know. Something about the Suns just thumped bump me the right way to make me think like just because you're taking a, a bottom feeder to like a decent decent like to a great, great record. I don't know. Top team in the West. I mean, like that means last year Chris Paul should have won the MVP when he when he kept the Thunder in the playoffs. Yeah, but he didn't the have them. He didn't have them a game out of first place. He got these boys a game out of first place in the West. Did that? I mean, it's impressive, bro. I mean, I couldn't. The only reason why I can't say Embiid is because he missed over twenty-one games. To he missed too many. Is this? If that's the case, if we if we're not including games, then LeBron James is still my MVP. Yeah, I feel that. Hey, one thing I will say about Embiid, though, if he would have made that shot from the opposite free throw oh line, I don't know if y'all saw that. If he would have hit that yes. shot, that would have been his MVP moment. That would have gave, that would have stuck in the voters' heads, and it would have gave him the MVP. Because sometimes, yo, awards like the MVP, Finals MVP, you know, the trivial, more trivial awards, man. Sometimes they really just come down to that moment that's fresh in everybody's head. When that drill rimmed out, when that, when that, when that shot from the other team's free throw line rimmed out. I said Embiid just lost his MVP moment right there. That was his moment, bro. He missed it. He missed it by about an inch, bro. Bro, that was the, the fact that he, he almost got it there was so clean. Hit the back one and he just went, bro. That was crazy. That would have been the best shot I've ever seen. If he hit that to win the game, that would have been the best shot I ever seen in the NBA. But just just an inch off of his MVP trophy, man. Missed it by an inch. 
Let me put oh, the chair down. I'm going to say he would have been a better shooter than Steph Curry behind the free throw line, <laughs> behind the half line with that shot. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That that would have been the best shot I've ever seen, bro. That was some horse shit. There's still some plenty. There's still some. There's still there's, Yeah, you funny as hell. There, there's still plenty of games to be played, man. Still plenty of games to be played. Sixers have one of the easiest records down the stretch. So, man, it's just real funny to me how y'all got these underdog MVP choices. But, you know, typically it goes to the team with the best record. Um, Chris Paul was the only person that technically would almost fit that criteria. But, you know, you know who my MVP is. It's, jo- it's almost, Joel and me. Almost. He's the criteria. <laughs> They're a game out of they're a game off of the Jazz. The Jazz are, I think, 43, 44, and 18. The Suns are 43 and 18. He's a game off of them. Like it's legit. It's legit. Right there. Kawhi's right there too. Right I, that's there. what I'm saying. All I don't right. know what I'm talking about. Kawhi's there too, bro. Like you can't disrespect Kawhi. He does it silently. He's not too flashy <laughs> with it no more. But I can't disrespect <clears throat> Kawhi, bro. He's been balling. He's been because honestly, bro, beginning of the season. When we were comparing, like, the Clippers to the Lakers, I think we had a segment on this early, like, who was the best team in L.A.? We all – everybody was going Lakers, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And we couldn't have foreseen LeBron James and A.D. both getting hurt. But I also couldn't have foreseen the Clippers playing themselves in this, into this position. I thought they're – after last season, I thought I thought they fizzled out a little bit. But, you know, Kawhi's making sure he gets that respect put back on his name, man. Huh? Man, the truth is, man, and it's not like no shade on the Suns. It's not no shade on the Clippers. But the truth is – all this regular season hoopla ain't gonna mean a goddamn thing when the playoffs start and Anthony Davis and LeBron is at your neck. It don't matter no more. None of that matters no more. All, all that regular season, Jack, is out the it's out the window. It's zero zero. Could, Everybody could, has a brand new record. Couldn't somebody say the same thing in the East when and bring up KD, James Harden, and Kyrie <laughs> and say that none of that hoopla from any other East Coast team matters? I think it's the exact yeah, but same there's, some, there's something the too. There's something too. I think there's a no, lot of hoopla the same in Philadelphia. Thing. No, it's not the same exact thing. It's not the same exact thing. Because really, <laughs> the Lakers actually have won a championship, right? That's what I'm talking about. The Lakers have actually won a championship. So even if they're just now getting back together to get down the stretch run, at least they've had a stretch run before. Kawhi Leonard hasn't done it with this squad before. The Sixers haven't done it with this squad before. This is all new shit. So, like, the Lakers already have been there. It's just an unforeseen advantage. Even though they're going to be a four or five seed, don't sleep, man. The Lakers have very good chance of repeating. And I think they have so the best chance So, we saying Boston is going to go to the Lakers. finals again? No. No, I'm not I'm not sleeping on the Lakers. That's the last thing I'm doing. But it's I'm one thing to be yeah, a yeah, yeah, championship. Yeah. I'm you, going to you, pair this, the, the question the, the question is about the MVP man like if we're talking best team in the west I've I I wrote down the Lakers on the on the on the sheet man I'm definitely riding with the Lakers we still got LeBron and AD out once they come back it, it's a wrap and you just you just you know what I mean stood stood on the pulpit and, and preached it out loud bro like <clears throat> nobody's <laughs> messing with the Lakers in the west best that's in the west the Lakers hands down <laughs> But LeBron got Space Jam two coming out. There's no way he's losing the title this year. He's coming for it. You know, so you, don't, you don't think it's going to take. I mean, don't get me wrong, bro. It's certain players in the league that even when they're injured, when they're coming back, I don't really worry about them. Brian is one of those guys. KD's one. Of, you've seen KD came back, had like thirty something points in thirty minutes. You know, right back to his old ways, right? But you don't think it's going to take a little bit of gelling uh, with the Lakers after having. They're both of their stars out for extended period of time. You don't think it's gonna take a little bit? 
Yeah, a little I mean, bit. Like yeah. the first round that they're going to bust yeah. through anyway. Yeah. That's all it's going to take is one round. All right. All right. So you better be careful who you wish for in that first round because you coming in. That's what I'm saying. You might, you, might, you might just run into Dame Lillard who likes to wear you, bye by the teams after he does them dirty. Are you predicting that the Lakers bounce the out in the first round? Is nah, that a, not, is that a first round bounce out for the Lakers? You know I got too much respect for Brown to do that. What I am <laughs> saying, though, know, is that, like, I don't know, man. I, 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 and I said this earlier when I first made my point. I think the talent in the NBA is closer than it's ever been. I don't see huge talent gaps anymore between these teams. But I think a team like the Suns going 43 and 18 right now, that, that shows me what it's about, like, the talent is closer than it's ever been right now. And I'm not saying that the Lakers are going to lose. I still got them going to the Western Conference Finals. And I would still pencil them into the Finals. So if I, if someone had a gun to my head and say, who's going to the Finals? I'm picking the Lakers and I'm picking the Nets. But I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if somebody gets upset this year. Especially when you throw in that added element of the fans not being there. Not that same energy to feed off of. I know the, I know the Lakers won it last year in that same situation. But the Heat made it there too and no one expected that. Who's more likely to get upset, the Lakers or the Nets? It's not an upset if the Lakers – the Lakers are going to be a four seed, so it's not an upset. No, nah, it's an upset. It's a Vegas it's upset. upset. You got they're, LeBron James and AD on the court. That's a Vegas upset for sure. And I say I would I would point to the Lakers just because those guys haven't been – they ain't been out there in so long, man. I say the I mean, Nets still. Yeah, we haven't seen the, 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 three, the big three on the Nets really do anything. I say the, the, the Nets is – and that's the most likely between the two, the Lakers and the uh, – between those two teams, I say the Nets are the most likely between the Lakers and the Nets to not make the championship. I think there's a good chance the Lakers are going to come out the West. The Nets could fall to the Bucks or the Sixers very easily. I don't know about very easily. Uh, if they, yeah. they fall to either of them, that thing going seven, it's going to yeah. be a last-second shot to take them there, bro. Because you talk about – James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie <laughs> Irving, bro. It's too much firepower. They they had two of their stars to end the season, the last half of the season, and they still went out and got the first in the, the top seed. If the, if at the end of the day, they still be in the top seed. They never even had all three of their guys. The Lakers lost their guys, and look how far they dropped. But look at the Lakers in a hard conference. Defense wins championships. All I got to say. The Lakers in the hotter conference. Of course they're gonna fall out. The Lakers are in the hotter conference, but you know, I'm just saying, bro, like the, the, the Lakers the Lakers fell far, bro. They fell far. And and you know what? They fell so far that they might be in the playing tournament the way the Western Conference Western Conference looks. If they don't get LeBron and AD back real soon, they could mess around and be in that seventh or eighth spot and now they in the playing tournament. You lose one game and you out of there. You lose one. You lose two games and you out of there. So, so, so you saying, are bro. you are predicting a first round bounce for the for the Lakers. All right, right? I'll put it like this: If LeBron, <laughs> if LeBron and AD are not completely healthy by the playing tournament, shit could get ugly. And you better, you better, <laughs> you need, you gotta. If 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 no Bron in the playing tournament, I think the Lakers could get upset. If it's just AD in the playing, I know LeBron's supposed to come back soon. You know what I'm saying? They've been saying that for a minute. It feel like, but LeBron, they need you ASAP, bro. A-S-A-P. So how many games left in the NBA and how many games are left in the season right now? Think about eleven games for All most right, teams. So but some teams miss games due to COVID. So the Lakers are three games ahead of the the playing tournament because Dallas has the number six six spot and their thirty and their thirty three wins. The Lakers got thirty six games win. Right. So they stay on the same pace they've been on. 
there's a chance that a team like the Trailblazers could catch them. Just facts. I mean, I'm sorry, bro. They three games away from the Trailblazers. You don't want to see them in the play-in tournament, bro. That's not a good look. LeBron got to come save them. I don't know, bro. I don't. I, I, you, see, you tell, you're telling me you don't, you can't see LeBron win one play game in tournament. No, no. If LeBron's there, they're gonna win it. If LeBron's there, they're gonna win it. But if LeBron don't come back full strength in time, anything <laughs> can happen, bro. <laughs> the, the Lakers team ain't nothing without Brian, bro. Like that's why I could really legitimately see someone actually making a case for Brian for MVP. Because look how far his team's falling off without. Yeah, that's real. legit. Well, one thing I know about LeBron. LeBron ain't never like not show up when he needed to. Like they know LeBron ain't gonna show up. Like you know what I'm saying? He's not the type of player. He's gonna be there. Like there's zero percent chance that he's not ready when the time comes. Like is the yeah. sun coming up tomorrow? My man, we official. All, all I know he about to have T punch in the air. He can read that comment. T hating that comment right now. <laughs> <laughs> T is, he is blazed right now. T looking like Trey. Boys in the hood. Huh? <laughs> Uh-huh. He said, what about MJ? What? <laughs> word, word. Facts, man. Facts. Like, he is looking like Trey. Speaking of Trey, we're going to uh, transition over to the, uh, the NFL draft, man. Uh, you know, there's a Trey and the quarterback conversation, Trey Lance. Uh, actually, T, uh, I hope you're watching, T, because your head coaches. Comment sounded a lot like my lunch order today. He said, I'll take about five, I'll take five guys at three. He said, What? He said, I'll take about five guys at three. Okay. So he said he's willing to take any of the five quarterbacks at three. So that brings me to the first question. We're gonna talk about the NFL draft, man. You know we're doing the, the live mock draft tomorrow, but let's talk a little bit about the teams and the situations that we have. So out of the quarterback situation, there's a lot of teams. Quarterbacks typically the biggest, hottest commodity as you enter the draft. And we got a lot of teams lining up for quarterbacks. There's even some rumors about the New England Patriots trading up into the top ten to grab a quarterback. So, with that being said, open question: Which team, out of all the teams in the draft, need a quarterback the most? Ron, I'm gonna start with you. I'm glad you started with me, man, because uh, I want to break something down real quick. Uh, the the top two teams, in my opinion, real quick, that need a quarterback the most are obvious. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. That's why they got the first two picks. You don't win games in this league without a quarterback. That's just how it goes. <clears throat> so who do the Jaguars and the Jets have on their roster right now? Stay with me. You may have heard of these people on the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew, you guys have heard of him. He's made a little bit of noise. Uh, C.J. Beathard. May not heard of him too much. He played a couple games for the 49ers. Filling guy. He's the type of name that you that you might randomly pick up in, in a fantasy waiver wire type thing. But uh, let's talk about the Jets and who they have on their roster. Um, Mr. James James Morgan. Anybody heard of him? Anybody know James Morgan? Never heard of him. Uh, Mike White. Mike White. I, it sounds like I'm giving role in school right now, bro. We don't know these dudes on the Jets. Nobody knows them. They are by far the most needy quarterback team. That's why they're going to reach at number two and, and take the wrong quarterback like they always do because of the New York Jets. <clears throat> History repeats itself. Oh, oh, I, I might have to agree with you right there, Rome. They they might just take the wrong quarterback because if there's any QB out of this out of this crop, out of this 2021 class that I could predict busting being a bust. I got to go with Zach Wilson, man. I'm never impressed with the quarterbacks that only have one big year of production. 
especially when their year, their previous year was subpar. And when I watch Zach Wilson, I see a guy that the year before played a decent schedule. And then the year he broke out, had a horrible, easy cupcake schedule. I don't want to call them cupcakes. They all D1 athletes. But the schedule just was not up to par with some of these other quarterbacks. I can see Zach Wilson being a bust. Don't get me wrong. The tape tells you something else, man. You're making dazzling plays left and right. But, Rome, you might be on to something right there, man. If any team going to pick the wrong player, it's definitely going to be the New York Jets, bro. But when it comes to which QB needy team needs a quarterback the most, I think I got to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars first, but that's 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 a pretty obvious choice. And if I go second, man, hate to do this to my squad because I kind of do like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I got to go with the WFT, man, the Washington football team. I think we need a quarterback. I don't think we need an instant starter, but I think we need a guy to come in and be able to either sit a year or play about midway through the season because I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has proven over his career that he is serviceable. That's about all he is is serviceable. Uh, and if you got to go too long with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're going to run out of that Fitz magic. All that magic going to run out. You're just going to be left with Fitz, no magic. And once it's Fitz, no magic, it can get ugly, bro. So I love to see my WFT trade up for a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. So I think I think we need a quarterback the most, although you made a great point, man. The Jaguars, the Jets, I mean, even the Niners got a good case. They All those teams need quarterbacks. One team I don't think is as needy is the Patriots, man. Give Cam another shot. Yeah, I was actually um, gonna say that I think personally, I think the team that needs a quarterback the most was is probably the Patriots, but that's just <laughs> me. Um, gee, which team needs a quarterback the most? I want to say the Panthers. The uh, I think Even they need the quarterback the most, huh? Sam Donald, trade. You don't believe in Donald? Bro, he shows us everything. He can probably show us New York, man. It's over, man. He got tainted already, bro. Like, don't worry about Sam Darnold. Them and the Saints. Both of them and the Saints, to be honest with you. Point, even, the Saints, yeah. Because James, Jameson hasn't shown us nothing after the Bucks. He, he didn't even think, we didn't even think – we thought that he wanted the, the backup position after – uh, Drew Brees before Drew Brees even left the field, we thought he would have won the starting role, but he didn't even win the starting role. He lost it to another QB, and then like, nah. I think both the Saints and and the Panthers are the ones who need a quarterback, and they need it bad. Because <coughs> the Saints are good still, choices. The Saints are still trying to be football uh, uh, Super Bowl contenders, and we see Davis could really hold up the mantle because it's him and who else? Him and, and Hill, right? Yep. Yeah, nah. That's that's yeah. I can't see I can't see the Saints making the Super Bowl run with either of those two quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I agree with G on that. I think the Saints are actually a, a a sneaky team that needs a quarterback. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made some type of move either. Nobody's really talking about them making any any moves, but I wouldn't be surprised knowing Sean Payton because I don't really see him rocking with with Hill or Winston for a Super Bowl run. That that's probably not going to work out. But uh, I, I still think it's the Jets, man. Like, who the hell is James Morgan and Mike White? Like, they literally need a quarterback, bro. They they need a quarterback. Like, come on. If, if, so what quarterback would they go with then? Ah, man. Everyone's saying Zach Wilson, that's the wrong choice. So that's probably what they're going to go with. But uh, 
who knows, man? They're, they're going to have everybody on the board other than uh, presumably Trey Lance. So, so would, you, would they not Trevor take Lance. Trey Lance? Or Trevor Lawrence, my bad. misspoke. No, but I'm saying, though, would they not go for Trey Lance? The last time I went up the quarter, quarter I mean, like, if it, if it was he me, if I was, the, if I was the Jets QB, that's who I'm going with. But all, all the reports are looking like Wilson. So I think if Trey Lance was to land with a team like the Jets, that'd be the worst situation, man. Because in my opinion, <laughs> Trey Lance is one of those guys where he, I think he'll be successful. I really do think he'll be successful. But I think he's going to be one of those guys similar to a, uh, to a Josh Allen. Remember when Josh Allen first came out? First year was ah, uh, second year was okay. And it took him a few seasons to really get his act together. You know what I mean? He, he had to really get those those plays under his belt coming from a school like Wyoming. I see something similar for Trey Lance. I don't think he's going to come in and just set the league on fire. I think it's going to take him some time to really get used to that level of play in the NFL. And if you go to a team like the Jets, the last thing you have is time. They want they want quick turnarounds, bro. And I don't, I don't, I don't see it working out there, man. I just don't see it. All right, let me ask you this. Do you see it working out for any QB in New York? Because, I mean, let's be honest, the Jets are just toxic. And they need Trevor Lawrence. That's about Trevor it. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe if I, if I tell you after Trevor Lawrence, I maybe go Justin Fields. I feel like Justin Fields is the type of guy where he's got that he's got that skill set where like he can be successful early because at, at the end of the day, he can always use his legs and create yards. He can always create those plays that aren't there. I think Justin Fields is getting slept on in this process, man. It's crazy to me. I don't know if y'all saw Chris Sims uh, release his his NFL mock draft. He had Justin Sims going 32, bro, 32 to the Buccaneers. Like, that's ridiculous to me, bro. Uh, Justin Fields. Sorry, not Justin Sims. Justin Fields. Chris Sims, my draft, he had Justin Fields going 32. I feel like Justin Fields getting slept on, man. He's my. He's actually my uh, second-ranked quarterback right now after Trevor Lawrence. So, I like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, then Trey Lance. And I got Zach Wilson all the way at four. So, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I know last week I said Justin Fields a buzz due to the fact that Ohio State has yet to produce quarterback in the elite level of the NFL. But I don't know, man. The kid showed you guts when he played against Trevor Lawrence. And then when he played against Bama, he still had Ohio State like kind of in there until the second until the second half. But damn, bro, to fall this far behind. It makes no I, sense, I man. It makes what, no what sense. Is he that we see? Right, and he—I mean—he outplayed Trevor Lawrence in the in the uh, in the semifinals. You know what I mean? He he thoroughly outplayed Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Justin Fields was dropping dimes, bro. Not only that, right around halftime, dude hit Justin Fields with one of the cleanest hits right in his chest. You know, he only missed one play after one of the dirty, you know, dirty crown hit, crown of the helmet hit right to the chest. Justin Fields popped back up, got right back in the game, and proceeded to drop dimes, bro. I don't know why he's getting slept on to the level that he is. Maybe it has something to do with the history of Ohio State quarterbacks, uh, but I, I don't get it, bro. I feel like he's going to come in and really shock some people. I think it's a double whammy for him because Ohio State got a bad rep of quarterbacks, and he's a black quarterback, dual threat quarterback. So you see how they already do dudes like that. You see how they did Lamar Jackson. They were sleeping on him. They tried to make him wide receiver. You know how they do these type of situations. So I just think it's a double whammy for him, unfortunately. But I think he'd be all right, you know. I think he got a better chance of being successful than a lot of people are giving him credit for. But, you know, we shall see, man. We shall see. I know one thing. My eyes my eyes have never <laughs> fooled me, man. When I, I see what I see, and one thing I, I'll say from a valuation standpoint with the draft, things get a little foggy, is that when you look at 
and this goes beyond quarterbacks, really, any position. You know, 40-yard dash, time to combine, things get very distorted. You start thinking and start seeing things to a certain lens. But, you know, like when you watch the tape and you watch football, that's to me it totally tells you who the real players are. And I think that's what really matters the most when you're evaluating a player. So we're going to transition away from the quarterback position, and we're going to talk about non-quarterback offensive players in the draft. And we're talking about the best non-quarterback in the draft, you know, best offensive player in the draft, period, you know. And I want to go ahead and put my put my vote in early. So I'm going to let y'all finish. But Kyle Pitts is the best offensive player in the draft, and, and it's not even close. Uh, I've been watching college football all season. And I, I don't have to be an NFL draft scout. I don't have to be a college football uh, diehard. All I have to be is a knowledgeable person with two eyes to know that Kyle Pitts is the best offensive player in this draft. Every week I see him catching touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. He's got wide receiver athleticism at tight end. He's elite. Uh, best tight end prospect I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, actually saw the young Kellen Winslow. Uh, junior, who was very, very high prospect, and I say that he's even better than Kellen Winslow Jr. Um, there's not anything this kid doesn't do outstanding. I think he could be an elite wide receiver, but he's not. He's a tight end, and he's the best tight end in the game, best offensive weapon in the game. I think he's an instant all-pro, and um, yeah, Kyle Pitts is the off- best offensive player in the draft. It's not even close, but I want to hear what y'all opinions are. Uh, Bryce, go ahead and uh, lead us with it, Swami. I know you're the uh, draft analyst in our gas camp, so tell us who the best offensive player is in the draft. Uh, I think you started got a good start right there with Pitts, man. Pitts is extraordinary athlete, man. Uh, top percentile in any test you're ever going to run. Uh, I think you can't go wrong taking Kyle Pitts. I think one of those teams in the top five will end up grabbing him. Is he the best tight end prospect of all time is a legitimate question. You know, I mean, Vernon Davis was an elite prospect and went, I think, number three to the to the Niners. Uh, you mentioned Kellen Winslow. I mean, there, there's been some guys. Uh, but I think I think Kyle Pitts has a, has a shot to really be a truly great player. But uh, tight ends can be sometimes hard to translate, man. It can be hard to translate. I mean, Vernon Davis coming out, you would really thought the same thing. Just didn't end up that way. Uh, uh, a position, in my opinion, that's a little bit easier to calculate is the wide receiver position. And what Jamar Chase did as a sophomore at LSU was truly ridiculous. Um, I don't know if he made Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow who made who. I don't know if uh, Jefferson and Chase made Joe Burrow or if Joe Burrow made them. But I know one thing, Jefferson came, Justin Jefferson came to the league and tore it up immediately. And I think that kind of showed me something right there. I think Jamar Chase will come in and do the same thing. Uh, we talk about a guy that had a lot of touchdowns. Jamar Chase had 1,700 yards that year, had 20 touchdowns that year. He was balling out of control. Uh, so I, I think, to me, the best non-quarterback offensive player, I got to go with Jamar Chase. Uh, then second after him, I go with no, none other than the Heisman winner himself, Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith's another guy that's caught a lot of flack some, for some reason in this draft process. I think his flack, he's catching a little more understandable. Because when you look at that size, you look at a guy that's only 160 pounds, that is that can be cause for concern when you're talking about going against these mammoths, these mammoths on the next level. But uh, I mean, when you when you watch the tape, man, there's nothing that that Devontae Smith can't do. And I believe he has the frame to add on a little bit of extra weight. So I think uh I think that big three for me is not when you're talking about non-quarterback offensive players, 
I think it's Jamar Chase, uh, Devontae Smith, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, and then I think you also, you also got to show some love to the running backs, man. I said on Twitter not too long ago, maybe about a year or so ago, I said if uh, Nick Saban doesn't run Najee Harris into the ground, he's a top 10 running back the moment he gets into the league. I still believe that. I still believe Najee Harris is going to come into the league on fire. Kind of feel the same way about, about uh, Travis Etienne. I know we're not really talking about the linemen right now, so I'm not going to bring up any old linemen. But, uh, I mean, hey, I think this is a, a pretty good draft when you're talking about offensive weapons. I think anybody that's looking for offensive weapon in this draft, man, you, you, you can get your hands on a special one if you're in that top ten. Mm. Okay, okay. I like that answer. Ron, what you think, man? Best offensive player in the draft. Man, I'm basically picking back and off what y'all already said. Uh, I, I got to say Kyle Pitts, but I really think it's kind of a toss-up between him and Chase. Uh, they're both just – if we're talking about pure talent, they're both just, like, off the charts – Pitts, I mean, uh, our boy Chris Holt said it earlier. Pitts has a chance to be one of the greatest tight ends of all time uh, if he if he keeps going the way he's going. <clears throat> so if we're if we're talking non QB, it's easily between Pitts and and uh, Jamar Chase. G, what's your next? I'm gonna just I'm gonna just have to throw by water at Rice, man. How you gonna say you're not gonna include the big boys in here, man? The boys that like to <laughs> make holes for the defense, give your quarterback some time to throw the ball. Make players like Chase, give them a little bit more extra flash when they're going down, running their routes. But I'm gonna have to go with Sweeto, man. I think that's the best offensive weapon coming out of the, the year's draft, man. The boy's big. I mean, his arm length is questionable, but the boy's nice and sturdy, nice legs, nice arms. Man, the boy's powerful, man. I've been seeing this case in Oregon, man. The dude looks solid, man. The dude is a hog. As I know, UWFT teams love the hogs. Man, come on. <laughs> Both of you guys, man. You're not going to say offensive line? I, that's who I'm hoping the Giants get to get lucky at number 11. The Giants got the 11th pick. He falls down to us. Man, say Colin Buckley and a nice offensive line, man. Chase Young, you're about to cry all year long. Oh man, I feel you though, because yeah, Sue is legit, bro. bro Sue bro, is legit bro, left tackle. Bro, the dude is a left tackle at that. A quarterback's best friend is not a running back, it's not a receiver, it's a left tackle. Yeah, nah, you're, that's fine. Right. But I think Sue is just scratching the surface too, what he can be, man. He, I don't think he's reached his anywhere near his potential, bro. That dude could end up being all-time tackle if he if he maximizes his potential so i, I do like that i i didn't want to go i wanted to go with a guy that has the ball in his hands you know what I'm i didn't want to go with a with a lineman but i feel you though because sue is legit bro i would love he's not falling to 11 so just go ahead and get rid of that pipe dream bro he's not but falling saying, to 11 though, stop it. i'm a big boy i love me some offensive line play man that, that's the un, the, un, <laughs> the, unsung, the unsung line the, the unspoken truth is that offensive line don't get credit when they're supposed to Look look at our boy over there up in, in Kansas, man. My boy had no offensive line against the Bucks. They got trashed. Yeah. Look at the Bucks defense. Yep. Look like a top ranked defense in the Super Bowl. Now and look at the Chiefs went out and did. They they yeah, went out and got some offensive linemen. Yeah. In the offensive line. He had Tyreek Hill and still nothing. Nah, that's yeah, a fact. Man. That's a fact. That's a fact, bro. I can't take nothing away from Sewell, bro. He's legit. He's legit. Bro, the dude, yo, bro. And the, on top of that, man, the only thing that this gives me courage about Chase is like, yo, what did he do this season? The fact that he did not play. Is he rusty? 
He was just talking about Russ when it came to LeBron James and them boys at the Lakers. Now you're talking about a whole collegiate level kind of receiver. Can he keep, keep up with the corners? Will he be able to burn a corner that knows how to play the game at that level? I don't know. That pro day was looking like something special. I, I watched Jamar Chase pro day, bro. I was I was very impressed. I I, I don't even know. I know a pro day don't really mean too much. They gonna make him look as good as they possibly can. But I was impressed by the pro day. I think Jamar Chase comes in. He's a top flight receiver. Similar emergence as Justin Jefferson. I see it happening. So so we're we gonna say that Joe Burrow and Chase are back together. Because that's the that, that, that would be crazy, bro. But I, I, I can't see them neglecting the offensive line, especially the way Joe Burrow went out last season. Bro, mm. these, Joe Burrow was getting ate up, bro. Like, he was getting ate up by, by teams with just – you had a good defensive line, you were going to eat the Bengals up. I think they got to get some protection for that man. That has to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they went – if they went if they want protection, the left tackle, if he's on the board. But we shall see, man. One thing for sure, offensive line play definitely underrated uh, for sure. You know, offensive line is probably one of the key critical components of a championship team. Uh, the other critical component that ten people tend to look over is the defense, man. So with that being said, we're going to transition over and we're going to wrap it up for the draft. And we want to talk about the defensive side of the football. So with that being said, fellas, who's your top defensive player in this year's draft. It's pretty wide open field. Hey, I'm going to take this one first, man. I, I'm going to go with Patrick Sertan, uh, the second, bro. I was a huge fan of the dad. Um, and I think he's a great corner. I think he's going to be a great corner in the league. I think it's going to transition very well. I know there's some knocks on him uh, for his uh, man-to-man coverage skills or whatever, but <clears throat> in the NFL, it's more than just can you travel with the corner. I think he's going to be a lot like a Richard Sherman to where he's going to master the zone type coverages and the schemes. And he's still going to be formidable in man-to-man coverage, which is all you really need to be. So I think he's going to be the best, uh, most impactful player year one coming out of the draft as far as defense is concerned. I'd even say he'd be more impactful than some of the guys coming out of last year's draft. And that's with Chase Young on my squad. <laughs> yeah, it's saying a lot. It's saying a lot. Bryce, what do you think? I'm going to stick with cornerbacks, but I got to disagree with my boy Rome, man. I'm going with J.C. Horn, man. And I, and honestly, I've been going back and forth on these two players. So I truly think they're 1A and 1B when it comes to defensive talent in this draft. But the more I watch J.C. Horn, the more I fall in love with the tape, man, because this dude is an ultimate competitor. Uh, he mirrors receivers. Only difference, I think, is I think Sertan is a little more disciplined at this point. I think J.C. Horn can get a little too grabby. I think at the next level, he's going to get called early for a lot of pass interferences, a lot of defensive holding calls. Once he gets that together, man, you're talking about a top-flight athlete, top-flight competitor. I can see him having a Richard Sherman effect down the line where he's just from the cornerback position, just the voice and just the face of a defense. I really, really like J.C. Horn. Another guy I'm high on, I'm very high on, well, two guys, two linebackers. And I know Michael Parsons is getting a lot of hype as the best linebackers, but my guys are Zayvon Collins. And Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa. I think those are the top two linebackers, in my opinion. Those are my 1A and 1B a linebacker. I love Zayvon Collins, man. He's talking about 265 middle linebacker, but he can move. He can he can follow tight ends. He can play zone coverage. He can rush the passer. He's, he's going to be like a chess piece. Think Isaiah Simmons from last season, but bigger and stronger. Uh, think that type of, think about that t- kind of chess piece, though. Then you got Owusu Karamoa, who's like, that new age hybrid linebacker, man, crazy athletic, can follow anybody. 
uh, brings a thump in the run game. He can play safety or he can play linebacker. We'll see where they want to put him. But uh, I think I think with uh, the the powerful offensive weapons, man, defense is getting slept on in this draft. And there are some guys that are going to come out here and make some noise. Uh, I feel like a lot of teams in that top 10, 15 range, you know, a lot of fans are going to be real upset if their team goes with a defensive player. They're going to be real upset not knowing how good that guy could actually be. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man, I'm excited. It's a lot of – definitely a lot of good corners in this year's draft. I can just say that from looking in, from the outside looking in. A few corners were named. There's another name I want to throw out there. Probably not best defensive player in the draft, but definitely in conversation amongst the best corners. And that's Asante Samuel Jr. I think he's a, a slept-on prospect as well. I think he would be a nice target for somebody maybe in the early second round. You know, Philly. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point, That would bro. be a great pick. Sante Samuel Jr. is a baller. And I, I don't think he's going to yeah. go second. I think he's going to be a first-round pick as well, man. The kid is a baller, bro. You're talking about another ultra competitor, a little bit on the short side for what teams are looking for nowadays. But, hey, bro, his pops got it done at the same height. Yep. Uh, I think Asante Samuels, his pops was a little slender built. Asante Samuel Jr. is a little more a little more solid, man. He can run with anybody. Man, he's not afraid to tackle. I like Asante Samuel Jr. a lot, bro. Yeah, man, we got some good years out of Asante Samuel Sr., so I wouldn't mind having a son on the squad. Uh, G, um, who's the best defense player in the draft, bro? I don't want to say the best, but the kid coming out of Miami, Jalen Phillips. My pronouncing oh, yeah. right? I don't want to butcher. Nice little pass rusher. I think if the Giants can't get my boy Peterman, the next best option is to the stack up that defensive line that we need, man. I'm going to go with the kid Phillips, man. I believe he's a nice little kid from, D- from Miami. I know he transferred from UCLA and went over to Miami. Had a great, put out a pretty decent decent year this year. And is one of my defensive ends this year. Like, look like to have a promising year coming up. Okay. Okay. Got a nice, diverse set of defensive players, defensive options on the board, man. It's going to be it's going to be a very interesting uh, breakdown on the drive. We're going to see how things shake out, man. Uh, so that being said, man, tune in tomorrow for our live mock draft. We're going to be tapping in pick by pick, team by team. We're going to have our war room. It's going to be live. It's going to be active. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, man. Tap in with us again tomorrow for the live mock draft and uh See what your team gonna pick from 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 the gas analyst perspective. Last year we went dummy. Everybody was fucking with it, so I know this year is gonna be another crazy, crazy fun, uh, you know, experience as well, fellas. Anything else y'all want y'all y'all want to tap in and throw out there as we uh, talking and uh, exit away for the evening? Yeah, folks, man, y'all do want to tune in to our little mic draft tomorrow? Now a little. Our big mock draft tomorrow, because if you guys don't know, if haven't heard yet, y'all heard Nick say how Bryce won him some money last year, so y'all <laughs> might want to take some of Bryce notes. <clears throat> My boy knows how to pick them. Yeah, do you 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 just reminded me, G. Uh, me and Bryce, man, we we gonna have to we gonna have to be looking at those uh, those prop bets, man. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely stay tuned, folks. Hey, some money hey, I'm, I'm charging. I'm charging for my picks this year, man. And we ain't giving out no more free picks, man. I need, I need my paper, man. Run me my paper, man. <laughs> now we made, hey, we man. made a cool about, we made a cool like five hundred last year. And that was just off the draft, though. That was just off picking guys where we thought they would fall. You know what I'm saying? 
got a little insider information here and there you know what i mean don't tell vegas on me but uh yeah we're gonna try to get this money once again make sure you tune into the live mock draft because uh and not not only because you know we might be right about your favorite team but like if you commented on it we're gonna bring your comments into the discussion we want as many people to tune in as possible so we can hear y'all's live reactions because we want to know what you guys think about uh who your team should pick tell us if we got the pick right or wrong even give us a draft grade while we're while we're making the selections and it won't just be us on there tomorrow we're gonna have a, all the guys contributors guys that are that you don't see on the show you know guys we bought we 20 30 deep at gas you know what i mean you guys just see us on the show but there's a lot more components of gas a lot more soldiers that 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 make the vision what it is man so you guys will see other gas contributors tomorrow night on the live mock draft yes sir. it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a good time man for sure for sure so y'all if y'all are already uh, i'm not sure where y'all tuning in from us but if you're tuning in from youtube hit that subscribe button you on instagram right now hit the follow um stop scrolling past uh them chicks man getting you in trouble get you some quality wholesome gas content on your phone man download the app because really that's just the most wholesome way to get it to us i'm um, saying because then you go everything live and direct all in one place um you know if you want to get sexy like me then you can get the gas merch you feel me uh that's on sale right now all face masks are on sale right now for ten dollars um you know stay masked up um you know do what you got to do to uh prevent the spread of COVID 19. um fellas you know what time it is man you know what we do you know how we close it off every single episode it's sports for the culture sports for the culture <laughs>